Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Greetings, comrades. This episode is going to be a bit different. So, no, dear patrons, you will not be charged for it. However, if uh, you want to support this kind of content, which I'll be making right now, well, now and then, if there's going to be any demand for it, feel free to email us or, you know, go to our homepage and click the donate, donate button in the top right corner there. But yeah, this is uh, totally weird. Uh, as you all know, I'm a fan of Paradox Grand Strategy games. And so are quite a lot of you, comrades. Well, apparently. When their newest game, Imperator Rome, came out about a week or so ago, uh, the game for whom I had saved up my last year's ParadoxCon Mega Discount, no less. And when I posted that I will be playing that to relax, I received a bunch of messages all over, asking me to review it. So, I, I will. But hey, I don't get to talk about Rome or video games much in the show, and it's weird. I definitely want to put that in this show, all this this little weirdness that I haven't spoken about. And, yeah, let's hope that this will be interesting for you guys out there who just don't play video games, because this is beyond my normal content, this is by special listener request. So, please, dear listeners who requested this, I hope you appreciate this. So, after me sitting down and playing the game for two days straight, here's something of a, you know, a weird analysis of the game, and why I play these games and, and everything in between. Hope that you'll enjoy this. Special greetings to Ian Bourgeau, who is an actual game journalist who listens to this show, so I feel obliged to do a good job here, because he'll definitely let me know what I have done wrong. For all the folks out there who have never heard anything about these kind of grand strategy games, well, Paradox Interactive from Sweden, uh, who don't sponsor the show in any way or form, they are my friends, however, and uh, Johan Andersson has been on the show and I've visited them, and they've applied some fixes for the Baltics because of me. But yeah, these guys are, you know, unrelated to me, and that is why I believe that my review is somewhat objective, at least from a historian's perspective. Anyhow, these games are basically, you sit and look at a political map for 12 hours and try to paint the map in your color kind of games. Bob Ross is considered a some sort of a patron saint in the community of, of people who play these games. They usually do historical games, but they have a sci-fi one like this too. Basically, you pick a country on the map and then try to lead your country from some certain historical point into the future. 
The games are very complex with a lot of interesting mechanics differentiating between these games that you know, make them truly seem like government simulators. Or, you know, a dynasty simulator in Crusader Kings 2, which is quite character-centric. The grand strategy part means that you're on top of the bigger picture and there's only there's a limit on how much you can go into details and micromanaging. And the trick is that whereas other strategy games only have some well-known and larger nations, in Paradox games you can pick whatever and then face challenges against all the other nations. Because, you know, when you pick a nation, all the other nations are controlled by the AI. It's not, you know, one versus four, it's one versus everyone else on planet Earth over 200. For example, in Europa Universalis, a game about the age of exploration, reformation, colonization, and going up all the way through the Napoleonic Wars and just slightly beyond, normal games they basically allow you to pick either you know Spain or Austria or France or the Ottoman Empire or something like that, and then you would try to replicate or even exceed their historical achievements. But Paradox Games, and again, continuing with Europa Universalis, because it's the, the game most similar to Imperator Rome, in those games, it's all different. You can pick the Livonian Order in the game's start date of 1444 in EU, and you can try to conquer all of Russian principalities with that. Hey, if you want, you can choose the Prince Bishopric of Ulm, and you can try to unite the Holy Roman Empire with that. That is a fan favorite, by the way. Or you can pick the Iroquois, form a massive tribal federation, drive the colonizers back into the sea, and build your own American Empire. Or the craziest thing that you can do probably is pick off the tiny off-way animist country of Ryukyu in the south of Japan and conquer the world with that. This, by the way, is game's hardest achievement, the Three Mountains, and the person who did this first actually got a job in Paradox. In EU4, literally every nation on the planet Earth that existed in 1444 is playable, often very different, and you can try to get through the era with that country. And so, with, with every Paradox game, that is at heart of all the Paradox games, they cover different historical periods. The craziest that I have seen personally was when in an early version of their World War II game, Hearts of Iron 4, one YouTuber dude picked Haiti, of all places, and had managed to conquer the United States with it, by, you know, by the game's end. It is ridiculously hard, and needs a lot of game-breaking exploits to do so, and those get usually patched out very soon, as a lot of players prefer historical gameplay, but they are all, all those things are possible, and the countries are different, and it's, it's fun. That is why Paradox Strategy games are normally so excellent, and although a niche product, the people who love them are, well, really in love with them. They're massive, complex, enormous historical sandboxes that allow for every possible what-if scenario, where the most bizarre things can happen, and they, they often also teach you the hard lessons of how historically unlikely some of the great successes were, and what impossible chains of events had to go just right for them to happen, and uh, <laughs> I have used analogies for these games to you know, teach you something about Soviet Union in the past as well. So this is the basic explanation for people who had never played Paradox games, so now that I've gotten that out of the way, well, then we get to the latest title, Imperator Rome. It is, as the name states, centered on the ancient world, covering the timeline from 304 BC, which is 450 Ab Urbe Condita, or from the founding of Rome, which is the calendar used in the game, also being 18 years after the death of Alexander the Great, and it lasts to the establishment of the Roman Empire in 27 BC, which is Abur Bekondita 727. However, the map stretches to cover even India, even Northern Europe, places where Rome didn't even go. It's really expansive and wide, and this game has 
a lot more provinces than any other Paradox game, and it is truly among the most beautifully looking Paradox games. And at this point in India, by the way, the Maurya Empire is very strong and seemingly invincible. You can pick any state whatsoever and try to lead them to glory, vast riches, world conquest, and enslaving other peoples. For the most part, Punic Wars shall happen, and Diadochi, Alexander's successor states, also shall fight each other. For the purpose of this review, I played three completely different countries. Or so it seemed. Obviously, my first game was as Rome, to see what sorts of events could happen and what I could replicate. My second one was with the, with the Aesti, the precursors of the Baltic tribes, and the third one was as Macedon, trying to restore the Alexander's Empire and destroy the Phrygians and Seleucids. I only played until the game ended with Rome, however, for the reasons that will become obvious a bit later. Playing as Rome was extremely interesting. I had my heavy infantry cohorts, we built roads, and showed the Carthaginians what's what. All the game, as per name, is extremely, extremely Roman-centric. We'll get to this later. But while playing the land of Romulus and Remus, I had to deal with the Senate, slave revolts, plebeians, wars, provincial governors pocketing most of the income, barbarians coming from over the Alps to cause me troubles and steal my geese from Rome, and other neat things that happened historically. Your heavy infantry truly feels heavy and makes sense. You get access to a special military tactic, you have various laws that you can change, and the rise of the Roman power is depicted pretty historically. Sometimes it really feels like you're seeing the poor barbarians shiver in fear when your triremes arrive on the shores of Hispania and you're about to stomp all over them. There is population management, strong economy management, and trade goods, and you have to deal with your people being of various classes, wealth status, rights, religions, and cultures. It's not easy. You can be good. You can acquire client states and integrate them over time, while protecting them from, from the barbarian hordes. You can bring civilization to the masses. Aqueducts, thermos, and fancy glassware for everyone. Trade for dyes and amber and introduce the poor Gauls to literally works of Homer and Herodotus. However, you can be evil. You can be so seriously evil that I don't even. Conquer a territory? Well, hold a triumph and butcher all the ruling families of the nation for, well, in front of the cheering crowds of Rome. Or absorb some in your culture and crucify the rest. Slave revolt? Well, crucify all of them. Conquered Carthage? Oh boy, burn it to the ground, sell the earth and encourage your soldiers to commit war crimes of the scale never seen before in the ancient world. This loyal general is about to start a civil war and mischief with his army? Well, bribe them. That didn't work. Decimation! Caught a senator while he was doing naughty things with your wife? Fluggings! Then killings. Representative from your rival faction eyeing the position of your ruler? Assassination. Egyptians about to have a mass massive succession crisis after the death of their current Ptolemy king? Assassination. Then send Malian armies to the weaker side of the following civil war to ensure that the war weakens their country. Then after the war is over, send more legions to bring civilization to their poor lands and then there's nothing you can do and you can just butcher their nobles and enslave their population and build truly glorious Rome. This game allows you to murder and imprison babies, women, and 76-year-old men with cancer if you want. Read if they somehow become a threat to your aggressive expansion. Which, as Rome, you will probably be doing non-stop. So as Rome, the options are pretty expansive and there's a lot to do. The culture and the religion feels right, the feel of the game's game gives good Roman experience, and you can easily become the most powerful country in the game, and definitely the most technologically advanced one. 
which is also represented in the game with a lot of inventions and localization, lots of, thing, lots of things to do. So I played it for the whole span and became the most powerful empire on the planet, which felt amazing. And then, then I loaded up my uh, fellow bolts, the Iced Tea. That's where the issue started to show. Did I mention this game was Roman-centric? Yeah, we were a small migratory tribe near the modern-day Kaliningrad surrounded by Germanic tribes. We were the only Baltic tribe in the region, only Baltic tribe in the game. My leader, whose name I couldn't pronounce, was mostly an imbecile, and those Germanic tribes decided that the proto-Balts needed to be destroyed before we could start our own successful podcasts. After two unsuccessful attempts to actually withstand the Germanics, who had allied each other before I could crush them, and chomped up my tiny lands, I decided to get lost from the area. Literally. I could, as a, tri as a mi migrant tribal, pick up my whole population at game start, and, you know, then I just moved inside the unclaimed, uncolonized territory near modern-day Slovakia, where they had gems and precious metals to trade, instead of, you know, fish, salt, wood, and cold, and then tried to expand my country, deciding that we would come back later when we acquired enough wealth to hire some mercenaries. That's what I'm at right now in that playthrough, but it gave me a taste of the tribal mechanics. We'll come back to the technical side a bit later, I just wanted to emphasize that I did have a lot of fun with the game before digging through the poorer parts of the whole experience. My third try was Macedon. I played for a few years, conquered most of Greece, held a few Olympic games, and then the Romans came in knocking, they did the whole, let's start a civil war in that other country and stomp all over them cheesy tactic, and then I died. If I cared particularly at this point, I would have restarted, but uh, frankly, besides Rome and my very own only proto-Baltic tribe, the Aesti. Yeah, might be Carthage, might be Macedon, but um, the limitations are there. Because, as of right now, I can only wholeheartedly recommend this game to fans of Rome. And B, if you find your own ancestral tribe on the map, or if you live in one of the places depicted on the map, you can play as them. So that would be fun. And uh, to people who have never experienced other grand strategies before, but only with some caveats. It's complex. It's fun, but complex. The game has problems. If my introduction to grand strategy games at the beginning made you think that you could try them, you know, maybe you want to try them out, you can grab this one for starters for a bit, but it'll be fun as long as you like Rome, or if it's like completely all new to you. But I do recommend that you might get Crusader Kings 2 or European Versailles 4, because those are way more fleshed out because of all the support they've received. And also only when they're a sale, because at this point these games have so many DLCs that paying full price for them will eat up a budget of a small nation. However, you know, if you're new to those games and, you know, pick them up over time, then, then it might be good. See, Paradox Interactive supports games and produces DLCs for them for many, many years. Crusader Kings 2 came out in 2012, and it still gets new free updates and patches and everything and new stuff coming for it in 2019 as of this recording, and uh, these updates are quite frequent at that. Same with EU4, which came out in 2013, so I respect them for that. But, but, their greatest thing that they care about their player base, that they keep supporting their games and adding new DLCs and new stuff to these games constantly, and that they always try to ways how to find them fresh is... Um, it's going to be their downfall, too, if they don't change their policies. Because, currently, Imperator Rome is exactly that. Rome. Sure, Carthage gets fun events, too, so do other recommended nations of other five of them. Carthage, Seleucids, Egypt, Macedon, and Phrygia. 
these guys are in the center of it and they have some scripted historical events, but everyone else basically is kind of same-ish. If you've played one migratory tribe, it will play basically the same as any other migratory tribe, the difference being the, the resources or, or their starting location, it doesn't impact that much. Same with the monarchies, if you're not one of these six countries, then, well, all the other, all the other countries who are monarchies at the time will play pretty similar to this. And if you're an aristocratic republic, like Rome is at this point, then yeah, other aristocratic republics will also feel very samey, except they won't get the claims and the, the, all the cool historical events and everything, and it's going to be pretty, pretty bad. So, it's kind of weird. Because when Rome has factions in this game, and they have the Senate mechanics, and your units are called cohorts, and when your UI is based upon various Roman gods, when you play as Rome, it makes total sense. But when my Aeste tribe also calls all of their units cohorts, and my governmental mechanics basically differ by names and, and, and planks only, that's kind of bad for a game upon release. I just wondered why my proto-Baltic tribe, living up there, has some sort of a tribal senate, which I should care about, like, like the same senatorial factions as Rome does, while slowly moving away from the terrible starting location surrounded by Germanics. And, and the premise that they've brought in mechanics from all the other Paradox games... Yeah, sure, that is, uh, that is what they did. But they've all quite blander and simplified from those other games, and, and this game, it does not have its own feel, its own catch at this moment. It's kind of like, it feels like simplified EU4 with kind of simpler mechanics and with Crusader King stuff thrown in there. It's fun, but with a lot of caveats. Characters are there, but they're nowhere near as detailed as in Crusader Kings 2. The, the whole PowerPoint system exists, yeah, and you... You still have the ruler points from the EU, but everything happens instantly and they matter less. Case in point, there is no such thing as having to build cores in this game. Technology progresses over time and is not affected by ruler stats, but you have to spend civic power, which is kind of like admin power from EU4 players, to acquire inventions. And converting populations and changing cultures, a process which takes time and serious resource and time investment in other, other Paradox games, and especially the closest one to this, the Europa Universalis 4, you can't build buildings while you're converting populations, and, and it's difficult. Yeah, here, here it's just a matter of do you have enough religious power points, and then you just click a button next to a pop, and they just instantly swap to your state's religion. And uh, the thing is that what you do does not impact how much points you get. It all comes from, from your just, just your ruler. So a heavily militarized country of Rome, it's hard for them to invest in these points unless you make, and make a lot of, lot of gold income because you can spend an exorbitant amount of gold to invest them into these power points. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And, uh... Yeah, that's the thing. While you're not conquering people around you, this strategy game currently feels, well, not that much strategic. And the standard response for most Paradox fans is, oh, well, they'll fix it in two years' time, it's a solid solution. And, you know, these, you know how these games are upon release, and sadly I do. And, and don't get me wrong here, I really seriously enjoyed my Rome run, and I think that if I had run Mastodon for longer, it could also be entertaining, but... The game, as is right now, if you're a Paradox veteran, will be a bit confusing, and you'll feel like a lot of stuff that you're used to doing other games just isn't there, isn't present, the mechanics are not that deep. Like, I think they should have picked something like characters in Crusader Kings or this nation management to an even bigger level than in U4 or, or Pops and, and Vicky. Yeah, that's... That could be better. And the warfare also turns away from Doomstacks and in the end game turns into some sort of Hearts of Iron 4-like massive armies and a bit of a frontline management, because this is very important. And yeah, that the fact that everything that is not Rome feels like Rome, but renamed with less stuff. It will, get, it will get built upon that there are flaws in the game. Thankfully, Paradox are already looking at people's complaints and such, but they shouldn't really rely on people purchasing all those DLCs. After after all, quite a lot of us Grand Strategy fans already have their favorite stuff that we're just keeping up with. Another game which starts out quite a bit blander than the other games, and uh, sad. And which have another games that have received patches and updates for years now, and they're cheaper too, even if you skip all the DLCs. Yeah, this this just feels, you know, why would I... Why would an EU4 fan switch to this, if not for the curiosity? The Rome is really good, but uh, it is not as good as people had hoped for, and it's not as good as the hype was. The good side is, if you want to get into these games at all, and if you want to be a new player, then tutorial tutorial is the best tutorial a Paradox game could have ever had, and this is a great, great starting point. If you want to play as Rome or those other five nations that I mentioned who have like their special scenarios, then go for it, sure. But... Also saying that, well, if you are if you're not interested in this time period specifically, or if you'd rather you know play something in medieval era or World War Two or or other time period, pick those games and because they have more fleshed out content. And if you want a bit more value for your money, maybe wait until a few patches come out for Imperator Rome and then wait until it's on sale. It is a complex case, which is sadly not as simple as nice because some parts of the game feel extremely interesting and extremely well fleshed out. Others, uh, not so much, and I'm afraid that that it could get a bit repetitive and, and gamey. Certainly, certainly, I believe that as is, EU4 as, is a better investment of your time and money, and, and so is Crusader Kings 2 and Hearts of Fight and 4, but it can get good. It, it has potential. Uh, my final verdict would be kind of, you know, similar to quoting John Joe Robinson from Strategy Gamer, Imperator Rome is a promising sandbox, but it also is an investment. You're unlikely to regret your purchase. And if it gets the same care and attention that EU4 has had, that this could become the greatest grand strategy game of them all. If, and you'll have to wait, and it is awesome as it is, but only if you play one of those little countries and 
like one of those main countries because yeah a bunch, bunch, of, bunch of charm in these games is to pick these smaller nations and do wondrous things you know this hero of the other story feeling until until imperator gets the same care as a u4 and other things it's gonna be a long struggle to, it to establish its own identity in imperium because a lot of things have to change all in all um as it is right now i'd recommend you Definitely try it if you can. Get it on some sort of discount or Steam sale, but wait a couple of patches because uh, it's rough and buggy and I've had like rebel stacks fighting each other, but it gave me a good story. Gave me a good historical feel. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I like the game. I'm still going to go back and play it. I just, you know, there is, a, there is a feeling that I'm missing something and that I have skipped something that isn't the game that I've missed. It might not be as rewarding once the novelty wears off, but so far... It is solid and nice, and the good part is it also costs cheaper than other AAA titles. This costs $40 instead of 60 which is pretty good too. For 40 bucks, then if you're a fan of Rome and you want to get into these strategy games, go for it. If you're an EU4 fan, uh, you know, play if you can, but wait until purchasing. That's, 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 what, I, that's what I give you. That's why that I can give you about this whole situation. But yeah, see you next historical. See you in the next historical episode, guys. And um, well, I hope you liked this review. And if you did, well, as this is not going on Patreon, please consider going to theeasternboard.lv and clicking that PayPal donate button. Thank you very much, comrades, and do svidaniya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Traffic jams tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.